Welcome to the Bottom Shelf Leadership Podcast, a ministry of Lindsay Lane Baptist Church, where we sit down with small town leaders who are making big time impact. Hey, and welcome in to uh, the Bottom Shelf Leadership Podcast. I am your host as always, Heath Haney, the pastor of Lindsay Lane's East Campus, and I'm joined today only by our Athens campus and lead pastor, uh, Andy John King. Uh, Alan's having to take care of family today, got some sick kids and sick wife. Um, but man, it's, uh, it's still going to be fun. Right. Andy John, fun. Just, I think we every- should, I think we should play the game of Alan's not here. So we should just say things that Alan would have said. Uh, we're going to have a quote from uh, Maxwell, John Maxwell, uh, no <clears throat> yes. doubt. He's going to throw out a Maxwell quote and, uh, what else? Well, I don't know. Alan's really smart. Seriously. Yeah, some, like sometimes uh, I want to like pick at him or whatever, but at the same time, most of the time, Alan's jealousy. the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Especially and, when I'm there. So, <laughs> So the good yeah. news is, uh, is we do have somebody here with us today as well. You don't just have to listen to me and Andy John. So Andy John, why don't you introduce our guest today? Our guest today is none other than Matthew Kyle. He is the operator of Chick-fil-A in Athens, Alabama. Uh, most of you that are listening right now uh, have either seen him or you've been by there for sure. He has been a Chick-fil-A operator for over 20 years, and he started Chick-fil-A as a team member at the Beltline Mall in Decatur. It's been a long time since I've been at the Beltline Mall in Decatur. It's still yeah. open. It's still open. I think there's a few stores there. Yeah. Uh, so that's probably right. They, did, they need a Chick-fil-A there? <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> uh, Matthew and his wife, Ann, moved to Athens in 2007 to open the Chick-fil-A here in town. And they have three kids, and he enjoys spending time with his family. And his favorite hobby is running. He's one of those weird guys that likes to exercise for fun. Yeah. There you go. Stress relief, man. That's right. That's, That's awesome. right. Welcome in, man. Glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Sure. So d- just before we even dive into the leadership content, uh, we run, where, do you go to track and run? Are you a road runner? What do you- I'm a road runner. So oh, yeah. usually just uh, out around where I live. So we lived in the neighborhood. It was a little bit easier. Now we kind of live out. Uh, right off 252. Yeah. Out on a county road. It's a little bit harder. So you dodge yeah. a few cars here and there, but. Yeah, so but it's good. We so. were uh, me and my associate pastor and and our pastoral intern. We were riding around this past week, and uh, there was a runner on the side of the road. And uh, my associate pastor said, "People still do that. Like even with as much texting and driving that goes on, yeah. like it's a it's the the uh, the risk rate of running along the road. I feel like has shot up with texting and driving. Did did you start running uh, because of Chick fil A or? Yeah, and let me just go and get into this because we got to talk about food a little. Uh, I mean, how much of the product do you find your family eating? You know, do y'all eat at Chick Fil A often? I mean, he came in with a cup today. Well, yeah. I mean, he, obviously he's there at the store, right? But like, uh, I mean, are there times where you're just like, we 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 love Chick Fil A, and but we want to go somewhere else? I mean, is, your, is that normal? We, we do eat other places, believe it or not. So yeah. You have but, to go out of town to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, we do, but the funny thing is, is uh, yeah, so I eat Chick-fil-A when I'm working, so some weeks it's four or five times a week. Yeah. Uh, some days it's uh, I may eat it twice if I'm there for breakfast and lunch. And yeah. uh, But my family uh, in town, it's probably once, maybe twice a week. Um, not as often. You know, everybody thinks we eat there every day. We, we yeah. don't. My wife actually cooks a lot. She's right. really that's good, good. Cook, so that's go. good. Uh, but it is funny when we're going on a trip and we don't eat Chick-fil-A for a little while, like my whole family is like, man, I'm craving Chick-fil-A. I, 
I can't wait to get back and have a Chick Fil A sandwich. So, so our, your family's like the rest of our family. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, when you it's, it's that whole thing when you can't have it for a little while, you just makes yep. you want it more. You know. So that's right. Uh, that's right. Uh, that's awesome. Well, uh, well, we do want to talk leadership today. We could sit around and talk about Chick Fil A food because Andy, John, and I are both fans. Absolutely. Um, but we do want to talk some leadership stuff today, and uh, and so uh, one of the main things we want to talk with you today about Matthew is is uh, is inspiration and motivation because um, I think one of the most important things we have as leaders, uh, or one of the most important responsibilities we have anyway, um, is to try to help uh, motivate. And so um, as you've if you've stepped into this role at Chick Fil A now, um, what do you see? What is the role of motivation in the seat you're in? Um, as you lead others? Sure. Um, I believe for me, motivation, inspiration, is it's a big part of what we do or what I do. Uh, I think it's painting the vision, letting people know where we're going, what the big picture is. So sure, we paint the picture of what a great experience in the drive-thru looks like and what a, a great experience looks like at the front counter with how the sandwich tastes and how the fries taste, and all those things are important. Um, but I think that's just a, a piece of it. I think the bigger thing we do as leaders is to, uh, is to in, encourage and, and develop others, is trying to help everybody see to be that best possible, you know, version of themselves. And so, I mean, I've had them at different times. Well, I, I'm not like you, Matthew. I'm like, of course you're not like me. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things about us. You're 20 years old, and I'm no longer 20 years old, <laughs> fortunately and unfortunately. But uh, so a lot of life experiences have shaped the way that I think That's and right. see things and the way they shape and see things. So, but if we can help people be a better version of themselves, um, to be a better, you know, person, a better friend, uh, yeah, hopefully a better team member, uh, uh, and, you know, one day a better spouse, a better whatever it may be, uh, I think that's that's it. And so it's a, it, you know, it is a business. We do have to make money to keep the doors open and keep things going around and whatnot. But uh, I do think our, our biggest thing more than a, a selling chicken is that we're, we are really trying to inspire people. And so, uh, you know, Truett, our founder, he, uh, one of his, his favorite things to say was, um, uh, you know, he realized that what everybody really needed was, was encouragement. And he was such a, a uh, like, he was a great mind, this great visionary, but he was also just such a big-hearted guy. He just loved people, loved doing things for them. Uh, and so he would always ask, he's like, how do you know if someone needs encouragement? And it's if they're breathing. And so, yeah. you know, it's like it's right. he's right. It's like we all need it. You know, the, the leader needs it. The team member needs it. You know, for you guys, it's it's every person that, that comes through the doors at church. You know, they they need that uh, encouragement. And uh, so he would always follow it up with like a little test. And one time he even gave out, he's like, if you're not sure, he's like, grab a little mirror, put it under their nose. <laughs> he's like, if it fogs up, they are breathing. So that's <laughs> how you know. So, uh, so true. was a funny guy. So he could take even the serious moments, uh, make them really, really funny. So uh, I, I think definitely, as you said, I mean, even in ministry, you know, of course, a lot of our, our listeners are workplace leaders and some of them are church leaders. And, uh, but I, I mean, everything you just said, I think directly applies to the church as well. I mean, I, I see that in ministry that, yeah, it's my job to preach. It's my job to, I mean, you got the bottom line that you're worried about, you know, 
at the same time, we have as pastors certain things that we've got to do, but also driving all of that um, as a leader, it's it's our job to motivate. And I don't know, Andy John, like what are your yeah, awesome. I, I've said recently just something I think the Lord wants me to grow in is, um, you know, I think there's a difference in the exhortation and, and encouragement. Yeah. Um, or maybe it is to me because we, when I preach, it's usually um, challenging, I, yeah. I guess is a good word for it. I don't know. Uh, but I, w- I would say that's a really mild word. <laughs> Andy John's a really good preacher. Well, and this is gonna word. this is gonna make the point even better. <laughs> but um, you know, if, if uh, challenging and encouraging are two different things, yeah, they can and, be. Yeah. And um, so, for me, it's it's becoming more important for me to be reminded that a lot of the people that we are challenging each week are those that are trying and trusting. You know, they yeah. they do need a word of. Uh, you know, and, and y'all are doing that because you're here and everybody yeah. needs an attaboy or a pat on the back or, a you know, a, a review, even if it involves some constructive criticism, um, you know, and even the scripture says, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Like yeah. It's an assumption that that's already being done. Yeah. So uh, I do have a, a question on that though with, um, well, I got two questions. So remind me to come back to the, the vision one, but the, the first question with encouragement, is that something that y'all systematically build in? Like, is it is it somewhere within your approach where you're like, you know, I'm going to make sure that uh, each month we are uh, having a one-on-one conversation with someone? Or is that just something where you're establishing an attitude within the environment? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's a little bit of both. and uh, And so I think sometimes we do try to uh, encourage people on a regular basis. We try to remember things like your birthday, the anniversary that you started working at Chick-fil-A and try to celebrate those in, in some kind of way. Um, and so I think those are important. So we do try to, uh, make it intentional. Um, and we do just remind each other. I mean, just, you know, true. And I can't tell you how many times reminded us that people needed encouragement. And I think that's it. Like, we just have to remind each other all the time, hey, who are, how are we encouraging people? How are we helping them get better? Um, and I do think, you know, to what you were saying a minute ago, uh, you, are feel, you feel like your preaching is challenging and sometimes you need to be encouraging. And I think that's the thing. A lot of times we look at it and we have to go, well, I need to be one way or the other. And a lot of times it's this, uh, you know, uh, this power of and, you know, the word A-N-D is like we need to be both, like – um, so sometimes I do need to challenge somebody to be better. And sometimes they just need somebody to put an arm around them and tell them that you care about them and that they're, they're doing a good job. Um, and so, and that's the hard part is, is to find that in between. Um, and so, yeah, you definitely can't overlook when people aren't meeting the, the standard, but, uh, you can also do that. I mean, uh, the Bible talks about sharing the truth and love, and I think that's the, that's a big part of it. And so, how do we do that? Uh, but yeah, so I, I think it, it is part of like training, but I think it's also just, it is part of the culture we try to build is um, to find those people who have those uh, good hearts who care and then try to teach them skills that they need. So, yeah. so on that note, before you get to your other question, um, so how much, so just to, the last thing you said there, let's dig into that as far as uh, the hiring process, what that looks like at Chick-fil-A. Um, do you do the hiring? Does that for Athens? How does that work? Um, 
Right now, I currently do not. So okay. I've uh, I've done a lot of the hiring. I've I've heard a, a good number of our people, but uh, but right now we have a guy that uh, who who does all of our hiring, interviews, orientation stuff gotcha. like that. Okay. So, but in that process, I know you're at least even if you're not doing it currently, you're familiar with the process and probably set the process up. So, what is that? What are you looking for in an employee? Like, what is it? How much of it? What are the certain character character traits and uh, things that you're looking for uh, in an employee? Sure. We're, uh, you know, yeah, I think character, as you mentioned, that's the big thing. We're looking for character. Uh, we're looking for people who have similar values. Um, you know, I get the question from time to time, do you have to be a Christian to work at Chick-fil-A <laughs> or to be a Chick-fil-A operator? And the answer is no. But you do need to share our values of honesty and integrity and um so we describe it at our store. Uh, we, we call it, we're looking for someone the ideal team member has is uh, hungry, humble, and heart. And so that hunger is just that you're always wanting to learn more, to do more, to get better. It's this hunger uh, to just be a little, bit, a little bit better to be than I was yesterday. And humble is, is just that. You know, we're, we're humble enough to accept criticism to accept correction um and also humble when we give criticism and correction um not coming across trying to come across as a know-it-all or 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 whatever and so um and then heart that's just that uh ability to relate to people it's just um you know when i can have a conversation with someone when i can have that connection with them so uh that's that's what we call it is hungry humble heart um and that we kind of got the idea from a book by Patrick Lencioni. And so it's called the ideal team player, I believe. So he's going to be on our podcast next month. Uh, he's fantastic. I'm going to come and just sit and listen because he's pretty phenomenal. So he's a great storyteller. If for anybody sure. has his number, <laughs> we, we may have to utilize our, uh, I think this thing has a phone call function. That would be the only way we uh, maybe probably better get down now. That, um, okay. So the hum, the hunger, humble or hungry, humble heart. Yeah. Is is that the local store or is that that Chick Fil A across the board? That's just us. So gotcha. I think everyone will find you know most of the stores will find something similar they're looking for. Um, and so I think at the end of the day, if we can find good people who are willing to work hard, you know, we can teach you how to uh, run a register. We can teach someone to say my pleasure if they're gracious and humble already. Um, so if they have the manners, things like that, we can teach skills. It's hard to teach character and values. Right. That's um, that goes back to you know Heath and I have been talking uh, lately just about mission, vision, values. That that um, the hunger, humble heart, that is leaders' communication. Yeah. That those those are things that the leaders decided these are what we're going to be. Everybody's going to understand this is at least what we fall back on at the end of the day because this is what we value. And uh, like you said, this kind of goes back to the question I was going to ask about vision um, because, you know, I, I mean, it sounds, I think from the outside looking in, you think, okay, well, you're, the vision of every church is to preach the gospel, love people, right? Uh, the, the vision of Chick-fil-A, I think from the outside looking in, would be like, what do you mean vision? Like you, you guys, we, we go there and you give us food. You yeah. know, we, we pay you for the be food nice, that you cook make. food, yeah. keep the place clean. Right. That's- so maybe talk a little bit about that. I mean, like you, you do what you do every day, you know, that the church does what it does every day. 
Chick-fil-A does what it does every day. So what does it mean to cast vision for a, for a local business like that? Sure. Um, yeah, so it is, a, you know, it's, it's fast service. It's good food. Um, and I think what we talk about is we want to be difference makers. We want someone to come in, and when they leave, that we've made a difference in their, in their lives, that um, maybe we see them for 30 seconds in the drive through Maybe we've got a couple of minutes at the front counter. If they come in and sit down, you know, there might be 30 minutes that we have an opportunity to impact them. And so I think for us, casting vision, Chick-fil-A corporate, our uh, corporate purpose is to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that's entrusted to us and to have a positive impact on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. And so that was born in the early 80s. Uh, I was barely born at that time so um i don't remember those times but it was inflation was high gas prices everything was up uh interest rates were high and so chick-fil-a was was struggling and trying to figure out what are we going to do to inspire people how are we going to make things better and so the executive team kind of took a few days and went away and came back with this corporate purpose and everybody expected them to talk about how are we going to sell more chicken? How are we going to do this thing or that thing better? And so our, uh, you know, so our mission statement over time will change, but our corporate purpose is, uh, we believe, going to last for, you know, the length of, of Chick-fil-A, so, which will hopefully be a very long time. So, uh, but, you know, so it's, it's two parts. You know, we're glorifying God by being faithful, George, and, you know, that just means taking care of the things that we have from the building to our people's times to uh, the landscape to, you know, products and food and all that, just managing things well, being a faithful steward. Uh, and then the second is to, to have that positive impact on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. You know, the other interesting part about that is they didn't come back and go, we're going to have a positive impact on guests or customers. They said, we're going to have a positive impact on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. So that's the guy that delivers the produce every morning and that's the guy that brings the truck and as we've grown it's gone from being a guy that we interact with delivering the truck to now he delivers it overnight we don't ever see him so how do you have a positive impact on that guy yeah, yeah, and good. and that's uh that's tough and so it is our guest and then it's also our team you know that show up every day to, to work hard to serve and so uh, we want to have a positive impact on on them as well so and I would say something else that, we, you know, we've talked about on the podcast, we've talked about in, in meetings ourselves, like that vision, being able to, to, to put together a vision statement that you put before your people. Um, we also know, and you've talked about it a little bit, that it's, you don't just say it one time and they get it from the very beginning and you go, oh, yep, we're there, we're with you, right? There's that ongoing um, reminder of that. And so how do you remind your, your team members uh of the vision and and how do you put that before them as your leaders and uh, what does that look like sure that's a you know like you said it's it's that whole thing of of people talk about is that vision leaks we wish we could just go out there and go okay guys here's what we're doing you know team on three let's break and go do it and so uh that kind of sort of happens but i think it's just like anything you know you look at the greatest athlete that you know and um, and he's still being coached, you know, someone like Tiger Woods, probably one of the greatest golfers ever, but he still has a coach telling him how to do that. And I think that's us. So I need someone helping me every day. And then it's just reminding them. So, 
for our leadership. It's uh, we have regular meetings that we schedule and we talk about vision and we talk about the things that we're working on. And so reminding them and then it's reminding them to, hey, this has got to be every day. We need to talk about it. We need to talk about what's important. Um, and so at the more we talk about it, the more that we see that it, it happens and it gets done. Um, and of course, there's always things like, you know, uh, posting your, your, your signs or your, your catchphrases or whatever. Yeah. That's always, you know, sometimes it seems goofy, like maybe like a locker room or gym or something like that, but yeah. it's like, it, it works, you know, yeah. people, uh, people read that and they, uh, and it takes a little time and, and it, it does kind of continue to set in. So I think the more ways we can, we can put it out there in, in front of them. And then, uh, I think for our team, it's also good when it's, when it happens, let's, let's celebrate when it happens. Let's talk about it. And did you see what so-and-so did? Hey, congratulations. I saw you do this. Um, I'm proud of you. And that's, you know, when they did this, that meets this part of our vision or this part of our values. And so, um, I think it's, it's celebrating, you know, just calling that out when people do those, those good things. But it, it really is just a constant, yeah. uh, regularly talking about it. We yeah. talk about we talk about that a lot. We sell it, you replicate what you celebrate, yeah. and uh, that's good. It, it, and it goes it goes further than just the you know the employees saying my pleasure, yeah, yeah. Which all of them do that, and it's great, you know. And uh, we we were there the other night, and my son was beside me, and I think one of the the, the young man that was taking our order, you know. And, I said thank you. And he said my pleasure. You know, like like they always do. And my son was like, they all say that like all the time. You know, it's like yeah, man. Like we kind of got into that conversation. Yeah, yeah. They've been trained yeah, to do yeah. that, but it, it does go further than just the that than just those two words. Um, you know, a, a lot of times, or I'll just say that most every time I've been to that Chick Fil A, it's a very similar experience, okay. right? Like it's a it's going to be. Um, not fast. I don't know if that's the right word. It's, it's going to be efficient. timely. It's going to be efficient. That's a great word. It's going to be efficient every time, uh, cordial every time. Yeah. Um, and the orders, I, I would say, like, I'm, I'm trying to think back to when it hasn't been, but almost every time. You know, there's yeah, grace yeah. there, right? Yeah, but almost yeah. every time, it's it's, it's right. correct. You yeah, know? that's right. And so, um, anyway, that, that doesn't happen by accident. And uh, that, that happens over time, like you said, with a lot of – Training replication, and this is just a reminder for all of us because there's 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 times when you know we go into a staff briefing and and we talk about leadership values here, and there's times when you're like we got too much to talk about today, or uh, you know well we can hit that next week, but if you do that enough, then all of a sudden you've gone a month or so and you you yeah. haven't talked about the things that you really value at the core, and then you know we 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 know what we are driving at, but then maybe we. We have more of an emphasis on something that we've not, uh, from from the top down, made an emphasis on. So um, I, I, I'll go back to this too. Um, COVID. I want to ask you this because COVID was crazy town for everybody. The bed effect restaurants too. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. right. <laughs> so um, I don't know that we've actually asked anybody about oh, yeah. about COVID and leadership there, yeah. but. Talk about that and leading through a pandemic and, of course, the unknowns that everybody was dealing with and are the restaurants closed and all that. Talk about leading through that a little bit. Wow, that was uh, that was stressful. Um, so it was tough because, like you said, the unknowns was, was the hard part. Uh, every day the 
it wasn't every day, but it felt like every day there was a different rule. There was a different thing we had to know. And sometimes some things were coming from, you know, the government saying these are the rules for you to stay open. You've got to do these things. Sometimes it's Chick-fil-A looking at the rules and going, okay, here's our best, you know, what we need to do. I mean, so we wash hands regularly and do things like that. But at one point our, our thing was to everybody wash your hands every 30 minutes. So, and washing your hands takes, you know, two to three minutes. And so you figure that someone's there for eight hours, they wash their hands, you know, 16 times. So each person is spending over 30 minutes a day washing their hands. It's like, I'm paying somebody, you know, (laughs) half an hour to wash their hands today. And so it's a necessary thing. There was a, there was a lot to it. So I think for us, it was trying to come in every day and go, what are the changes? How do we adapt? And so we did some, you know, we, we tried to follow all the rules the best we could, um, did what we were supposed to. And then there were days where we thought we tried to split our team into two different teams and go have one team that works, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, one that was working Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And our thought being that because people got sick, the people that worked next to them couldn't come to work. And so uh, it was a stressful time. But I, I think at the end, what I tried to learn and what we tried to learn was sometimes you just have to do what you can do, um, do your best, follow the advice that you have, make good decisions and go with it. Um, you know, and that's where all the things that we do, uh, come into practice. Like that's where, you know, our leadership really gets tested is in tough times who we are. Um, so I think we had a lot of good things going at, at Chick-fil-A uh, we were already doing things like face-to-face. We're taking, you know, orders outside. So when our dining rooms close, uh, we just pivoted and we just adjusted. And so I think that's the thing we learn as leaders. We're going to go in with a good plan. We're going to work the plan. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's a good six, eight months there that, you know, there was only a very, you know, little bit of planning you could do because it really was changing regularly. Rapidly. Yeah. Well, what – you did see leadership during that time from Chick-fil-A, seriously, because you began to notice some of the other fast food restaurants trying out some of the things that Chick-fil-A was doing. Because, I mean, did, who made the decision to, I mean, I'm assuming it's you, but I don't know if it came from corporate or top down, to move people outside and have multiple lanes with multiple people outside rather than just the speaker and, and all of that. Yeah. So, uh, so that was something – we decided to do, and we'd actually been doing that for a little while before COVID happened. We were doing, we call it face to face. And so, so now when COVID happened, we were trying to figure out how do we get everyone through here? Cause a lot of Chick-fil-A's are mainly drive through. They'll be 60 to 70%. We were 50, 50. And part of that's just being right there off the interstate. Um, a lot of travelers, they just need to come in, you know, they want to stretch their legs for a minute and get back in the car. And so, so, yeah, so how do you get people through in a fashionable? And so we went from one single lane to, like, we're not using this parking lot, so let's go to two lanes. At one time, we had three lanes, like, coming around the building because you had all that wide open space and no reason not to. And so it really was where we came in every day and go, how do you think we make this work today? And so it's um, – and so I think that is, like, those are things we kind of – not to that extent. We don't need to maybe do that every day, but we do need to ask those questions. What could we do better? What could we do different? Just because this worked for the last three years doesn't mean it's still the best way to do 
business today. So I, th- I think there's a lot of stuff like that we could learn of like, um, and by all means, we don't want to change everything every day. That's not a right. productive for anybody. But so, but I, I think there is some of the things we did during that time. So some of that was happening already. Already, um, we just kind of order more iPads, take more orders outside, and uh, that whole idea just started with a, an operator seeing that. I can only get about five or six cars from my speaker box to my window, and that's our holdup. Is like we need. So, what if I could take a step back and get seven cars or eight cars? Um, and so, it started out with a, a notepad and a walkie-talkie, <laughs> and it was a very like terrible system. And then you know, Chick Fil A corporate's like, "Hey, this is interesting. What are you doing here?" And so, you know, and that's that's usually how some great things happen at Chick Fil A is is they'll happen you know at a restaurant. And someone from the home office sees it, and we figure out how to work together to make this better. So that's when they started testing, hey, what if we put our point of sale on an iPad, and then we could take orders, and now your register is as far back as you want to walk. And so uh, – So so, so one, of, one of my friends, and I'm like, you know, like everybody else, have a group of friends on a group text. And uh, during COVID, I remember he, he was – driving by and if he's listening to this he's going to refute this but it is, it is what it is he was he was driving by and saw all those cars out there in multiple lanes you know and now there's people out there and he's like i don't understand it like you know he just it was kind of doubting the the efficiency of the system <laughs> and like immediately all of us who had been through already were like oh no 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 <laughs> like they're gonna just try it like they yeah, yeah. You're, you'll be in that long line of cars for maybe two minutes and yeah. you've got a chicken sandwich in hand, you know? And, uh, we, we went back and forth on, on, on all that, but you, you know, you got something good when there's 50 cars in line and 50 more are just going to line up behind them. Yeah, uh, and, right. and, you know, let's talk about that too, because it's not, you know, with Chick-fil-A truly it's, it's not just the, um, the efficiency and, and the food. Uh, a lot of people support Chick-fil-A because of the worldview. I mean, you mentioned that in your your corporate purpose statement, and um, how does that uh, talk about how that is manageable in the current culture? And um, you know, in, in the you're running a, a business, and it's it's um, most people think you have to be very careful with that. How, how do you manage that uh, each day, knowing that the worldview is what it is? It's it has Christian principles and values, uh, yet you are dealing in a a culture with customers that not everybody is a Christian, not every employee is a Christian. So uh, talk a little bit about that from a leadership standpoint. Yeah. So um, I, I think I, what I would tell you is that we uh, would operate off of biblical principles. And that doesn't mean you have to be uh, a Christian to, to operate out of those same things. We just need to have similar principles. Um, you know, when things happen, like in the late, like 2008, nine, when Enron, and we had all these businesses that ended up with these kind of uh, crazy stuff going on. And, um, you know, we kind of had the financial collapse or whatever you want to call it there for a while. Uh, Truett got asked to come to DC and talk uh, before a committee um, about ethics. And so, and they asked him about his, his business ethics. And Truett said, I, I think you guys are asking the wrong question. He said, it's not, a, it's not a question of business ethics. He said, it's just ethics. Yeah. And wow. he said, we just want, you know, we want to be ethical people and do the right thing. 
And, and so I think that's it. So one of the things that we do, so we, we talk a lot about second mile service and that's just, uh, going, you know, going, giving people more than they paid for. Like when you come to Chick-fil-A and, uh, you, you know, exchange your money for a chicken sandwich, you expect to get a chicken sandwich. You expect for it to be hot and, you know, someone to smile at you and be friendly, right? So anything above that is really second mile. So first mile is just the expectation of what I have to do. And so this idea of second mile service, um, Dan Cathy brought up one year at seminar. And so, I mean, and it really just comes, you know, uh, right out of the New Testament. And, you know, and it's and it says if anybody compels you to go one mile, go with them two miles. And so it's it's a it's a biblical principle. And I think second mile service works. And you'll hear other people talk about second mile service from time to time. And so and it's really going more. So second mile service for us and the hard part is it it keeps growing in what we do because when we do some things, some second mile service, all of a sudden that becomes first mile because now now you expect us to bring your food to the table, even though that started as second mile. Now that's part of what you expect is first mile. So how do we make it more? So when someone comes to the table and they refresh your beverage there and, uh, you know, you don't have to get up or they bring you, you know, straws or napkins. We're looking for ways to give you more than you paid for. But I think that's just it. We're just trying to operate off of biblical principles um, and, you know, and, and to kind of leave it at that. And I think those those principles just, you know, that's the thing about a principle. It just works over time. It's always going to work. Um, so... That's good. I'm, I'm seriously taking notes that give, yeah, you, I mean, give you more than what give you more of an experience than what you paid for is, right. and that can apply in whatever whatever you do because there's a level of expectation at church to people come in and they expect this yeah. for them to leave, um, you know, with a, with a personal conversation or with a, with a word of encouragement or yeah. just remembering them and following through. Yeah. Well, we uh, talk about it. You know, at East, we talk about it with uh, with some of our leaders. You know, uh, early on when we were first coming back from COVID, and we're kind of so you don't may not know the timeline of this. So uh, Andy John started here as lead pastor in April of 2020. So great time to start, right? Yeah, perfect. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I had he he was at Lindsay Lane East. I had taken over for him in January of 2020. So I had a few months. I had eight weeks, I think, uh, to preach before we kind of shut everything down in March. So Andy John, brother brother Dusty, really kind of let Andy John go on and start taking that seat in March as we started trying to figure out what to do with COVID. And, um, and as we started meeting with our leaders, after we started meeting back, uh, we did some things together online and then we started meeting back on campus. And I can remember sitting down with our leaders cause we're, we're dealing with a whole new church now. Cause like it was this restart for a lot of our people anyway, new pastor, right. Hey, nobody's been coming for 12 weeks. Right. Um, and so we were really kind of starting at the ground level and had lots. It was, we also saw it as a time that a lot of people visited church uh, that had been shut indoors for a while. And uh, so we just started, uh, we started talking to our leaders and, and, uh, and what we found for a lot of them, they thought uh, that saying good morning to a guest when they came in, like, like I speak to every person that comes in. Well, I mean, you do, you say good morning and yeah. you like wave and you're friendly, right? but like, that's not second mile service. Like that's not going to get them back. Almost every church they'll go to will have somebody saying good morning. But like what we can do here is we can take it one more step. Like we can we can be that extra level of, of friendliness by having a, a small conversation, not roping them into a thirty minute you know deep conversation about their hopes and dreams, but just having a simple conversation to make them feel loved and welcome. 
And, uh, and I find, and I, I haven't called it second mile service, but I may start that yeah, now. Um, but just the, but we, we're having that, we're having that conversation at all levels of like all of our, all of our ministries shoot for here. You know what I mean? And so we're just trying to help them see that like, you're doing an awesome job. I'm not saying you're doing bad, but like, what if we carried it here? You know, right. what if we went just one more step, um, in the way that we love people and the way that we reach out and the way that we do those things. And, and so I definitely see exactly what you're talking about in the, in the business world. It, it overlays into this for sure. Cause we're, and you remember those things. That's the things you remember. That's yeah, the that's things right. that will encourage you to come back. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not, we're not in sales, but we're all in the, the like you said, every person has a story. It's a people, it's yeah. a people business. It is a, um, and it's, it's people oriented. I remember when I was teaching at Tanner high school, I go in on my first day, I'm asking a question about where is such and such, and uh, I'll mention his name. Keith Tuberville was was there. Keith Tuberville, and he he was the the ag teacher at the time. You know, he's on staff at First Baptist Tanner for a while. And uh, <clears throat> Keith said, he said, "Come on with me. I'll show you where it is." And I, I had not forgotten that because he didn't tell me where it was. He walked with me. He talked yeah, with right. me. Took me there and was like, "Anything else you need, just you know, let me know." And uh, I remembered that. I was like, that's the way to do it. You don't show someone where it is. You take them to where it is. And uh, because that second mile is really what, you know, then you'll go back to him. If that's, that's right. what he desired, that we built a relationship and he really did want to help me, then I'll go back to him. Um, second mile service probably in our language at some point. That's right. That's good. <laughs> well, and, and, I th- and I know you would never say this um, because of hungry, humble, and heart. But uh, – but you, we see you going the extra mile. We see you offering second mile service because right. I, I know you're, you own, like you run the place. And so I walk into a Chick Fil A and I see you back there. What do I expect you to do? Sit there with your arms crossed and watch the sucker run. That's what yeah. that's what we all expect. Right. But you've taken my order. You've refilled a drink for me. You've carried stuff from my table to the garbage. Like, and I going back to that first conversation about vision. Um, man, the best way. Yes, we want to repeat it. We want to post it on the walls. But, man, having you as the leader there doing those things, um, it's and, – and we do that at – I mean, we try to do that at our church too. We try to we try to set the example of that. And so I know you're not the only leader at Chick-fil-A of Athens. And so um, how, how, uh, how have you seen – and I know you won't talk about yourself. So how have you seen the leaders right under you model that well for their team members? Sure. I, I think it's, uh, you know, I think we've got some good people and I, and I think that's it. You know, like I was talking about earlier, we, we look for culture, we look for character and values and we find those people. And when we promote someone to a leader, we do know their, their values and know them pretty well. And so we feel pretty comfortable where they are. I mean, there's a, one of our, ours right now, she's a, she wasn't a leader at the time, but I remember she was, I, I don't know what it is. It's a dangerous red light in front of the store, so be careful when you drive through it. Don't run that red light. Someone will hit you. Um, but uh, there's there's a wreck there quite a bit. And so uh, we had this one girl, and she was probably new at the time. She's 16 or 17. She's older now. And But, I mean, a couple of different times, like I was I was standing there at the dining room, and I was like, hey, where's she going? And she's walking out there carrying water to these people that just had an accident because they're all waiting on the, you know, the policeman to come or the tow truck. And so – it's just little things like that. Right. So you're looking for that. And so, and, and I'm like, when you see that kind of heart, like she just, she yeah. loves people and she cares about them. Um, 
And so, I mean, and I have other other leaders who have done that. I mean, they go to, um, you know, I, I've seen them drive two hours to go to someone's, you know, parents or grandmother's funeral or something like that just to be there and go, hey, we love you and we want to be here for you. Um, and so little things like that I think make a big difference. So, uh, you know, and I, I think it's just something that, you know, I do. My my parents, like, that's just what they did. They they love people. We were I'm one of six kids. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah, I'm four of six. So I'm in the middle. So sometimes I wasn't sure if my parents knew I was actually there or not. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, so that's right. That's right. No, but like, so, but with six kids, there's there's eight of us. It was never uncommon to have nine, 10, 11, 12 people at our kitchen table and eat dinner. And, um, and I, and I think that's it. So mom and dad just, uh, and, and I see a lot of this in Chick-fil-A, a lot, a lot of this in the Kathy family that your mom and dad just modeled this, like just loving people and just, uh, they wouldn't have called it serving. They wouldn't have called it any of that. Like, and they wouldn't have even, I mean, they would have told you that they love these kids and, and there are kids who would come to our house and they'd call them mom and dad and, um, and you knew they felt like they belonged there because they'd come in, they'd open our cabinets and just get out a snack or whatever. And uh, and I remember this this guy that we worked with, uh, my sister and I worked at Chick-fil-A uh, in high school together. And so this friend of ours there, one day he's like, uh, I think my sister was working too. And he goes, hey, what's your mom fixing for dinner? And I was like, I, I don't know, man, I'm not going to be there. I didn't even I didn't even ask. And I was like, but you can call her. We didn't, we didn't have cell phones, so you couldn't text her at that point. But, uh, and so like, we're not there, but he goes and has dinner with my mom and dad and my younger brother and sister. And so, uh, and, and so I, I think those are the things we have to do is we just have to love, uh, love other people and just, you know, uh, mom and dad did a great job of just loving people and just showing them that, Hey, you belong. If you don't belong anywhere else, you belong here. I mean, they coached different sports teams, basketball, baseball, softball, and it was never uncommon for dad to uh, drive to, uh, you know, kids home every night of the week from practice or from a game. And sometimes on Friday nights going to sometimes sketchy neighborhoods that, uh, uh, you know, even even taking a kid home. And he goes, you, you probably shouldn't take me home, Coach Kyle. It's not safe for you there. And so dad's like, well, it's probably not safe for you to walk home. So I'm going to carry you home. And so uh, so, you know, those are just things they they did. You know, they just love people through action and i think that's what we have to have to do so yeah yeah all right so uh i I got just one more question you talked about having character people quality people another language we would use here would be upward mobility like how how do y'all provide an opportunity for those you know those those standout people or employees to um to launch out or to move up is that is that something that y'all talk about sure uh I think we're always looking for people to to move up. Uh, what we want to have is is this culture of leaders that develop more leaders. You know, you guys would probably say disciples that make more disciples, yeah. and um, and and really that's something where it's kind of similar because uh, that's how we stay healthy. That's how we continue to grow. And so I think we're always trying to develop people. And I've tried to realize that. For a long time, I wanted to develop people to stay because when they stay, it makes my life easier because uh, yeah. I don't have to replace them. Right. Um, and Training so, costs gets expensive. Don't that's yeah. right. That's right. And so, but I've realized that really we just need to to pour into people to develop them to make them the best version of themselves, and then wherever they go, uh, they go. And uh, you know, so we've we've had people that work with us that 
you know, their dream is not to work at Chick-fil-A forever. You know, we've had, you know, I'd, I'd love to have people who want to become operators or home office staff members. Uh, but a lot of times they want to be uh, teachers or they want to be dentists or dental assistants or they want to be pastors or they want to be accountants or whatever it is. Um, my dad was an accountant, but I'm not really sure why you want to be an accountant. It's, it's not it's not my job, you know. It's just not a not a lot of fun in that. But uh, but you know they want to do things. So I think our best best thing is like, can we teach them principles and values that? And I think that's the best thing about what we do. We talk about principles, um, and so is just to uh, take these principles. Sure, you're probably never going to work anywhere and do face to face quite like you do at Chick Fil A. But can you take the principles that we talk about? And those can apply for the rest of your life. That's right. And those are things that we do. And so I've got a friend. He uh, worked for me uh, when I was in Huntsville at a Parkway Place Mall there. Uh, shortly after we opened, he's a pastor in, in Florida. And he came by. Uh, um, it's been several years ago because he was moving to Florida. And, and that's what he said. He goes, man, I look back. And he goes, I was talking to my pastor about this. And uh, he goes, all these things that I do are, are things that I learned at Chick-fil-A. Um, and he said, I'm sure people come by and tell you this all the time. And I was like, uh, well, they don't. You're the first one. So, yeah. uh, so, but it's good. I mean, I think that's what we want is that we want to be able to take these things like you can take the leadership principles that you have here and you can apply these for the rest of your life. And they're, they're usable if you, if you want to use them. So I remember working at a, uh, a public service place in, in college and there was an opportunity, like they, you knew what the structure was. I'm not going to call it by, by name, but the structure basically was like you, you start here and you can work your way up here. Um, and I never, I never wanted to do that. I was like, I'm just going to ride it out. I, I'm not going to be, I don't plan to be here for a long time. I just want to make a little money, whatever. And I think that's a lot that, that has to do with um, my perception, but it's up to the leadership to change that. Or, or that's exactly what I'm going to do. I never bumped up. But I also never knew why they wanted me to, you know, yeah. why, why that would benefit the store, why that would benefit the company. Um, you know, if, if you aspire to do that and here's what we do. And there was, it was more of you clock in, uh, you sell this and then you clock out, you know? And, uh, and again, like there was zero motivation there other than just make, I, I want to just make sure I have money for the weekend. You know, yeah. and and so, but I also had other jobs as a teenager or college kid to where I look back and think about what I learned from those that were there that were intentional to say, this is why we do it this way, you know, or you, you know, my parents and and other bosses that I've had uh, were were the, the ones that made a point to make a point, you know, and and to determine the purpose that they had for the organization. Are those really where you take the values from it when you leave and go somewhere else, and that you remember it for? But you also remember the other experiences where, you know, you're just you're just there. You work there, and yeah. that's what it was. There's a difference between the two for sure. Yeah. And I think the, you know, and that's what we talk about here is like I, you know, we don't we don't want we don't want to develop leaders in our church that don't translate to other areas. You know, and I think that's I think that's just bad leadership development. If you if you've built such a culture that um, that people don't feel like they can, you know, move up or move out. You know, we talk about that here with with young leaders and and wrestling with that. Like we don't ever want, we don't want to lose good leaders. We want them to hang around for a long time. But at the same time, uh, it's one of the hardest things ever is to to invest in somebody and know that 
you're probably investing in them to move somewhere else or to step out and and to do something different. And I uh, hope that that when they when if you launch them out, you know, yeah. if it's pipeline or post office, right? Yeah. If you if you send them out, that that when they get there, uh, it, they'll have their own ideas and and God's called them to something different. But but you would hope that there would have been a good enough culture here, and that we would have followed the Lord uh, well here to when they go wherever else that they would replicate that in some way, shape, or form, or at least yeah. take principles from what we've done. Otherwise, it really is just a it's just another chapter in their life where you know they're going from one stepping stone to the next. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I think you know uh, you know part of, part of it is I, I think people just need to know you care. And, and I think that's it. So whether you're at a church or a teacher or uh, run a business, when you actually care about people, and I think that's what we try to do is, is care for people, try to love them well. Um, you know, and sometimes that's, that's hard, you know, it's hard sure. to do that at a, at a church sometimes I'm sure when you guys are juggling all the things and how do you do that uh, well. But um, I think you just try to care for, for people and you love them. And I think that's what they remember um, you know, and, and I think we have to look at it. I mentioned you guys earlier, like Chick-fil-A has this video and it's called Every Life Has a Story. And uh, it came out probably seven or eight years ago. And it's really just, it goes through and it shows all these different people from team members to guests to just, um, and it kind of has a little thing beside them of, of this is where they are in life. You know, a, a single mom, a, a couple that wanted to have children that couldn't. And, and I think that's what we have to remember is that people are coming from all different places, um, and so we need to figure out how do we best care for them. And that's, and that's really what we try to do is we try to invest in their lives. We try to learn about them and know more than just your name and that you came in and clocked in today. Like, yes, we are glad for that, but we want to know what's going on in your life, what's going on in your background. And, you know, if you are in school and you're trying to go to college to become whatever you hope to become, we want to encourage you in that. We want to celebrate that when you do, um, you know, and so, um, so, you know, I was talking about, my friend Tyler, he's the only one that's kind of verbally said that, but I do know like we're making a difference and it's because they do stop by. Kids do stop by or adults stop by and uh, they give me a hug and they tell me they appreciate it, tell me they miss it. Um, I've got one girl who she works at the hospital here now, but she always jokes that if I'm saving her jobs that when she comes back. And so, um, and so I told her anytime she's ready to quit the hospital, just come on, come on back, you know, so she hasn't done it yet, but I hope she will. So, Um, but I think those are the things and that's what we do. And so, um, and I think, you know, oftentimes as leaders, we have to realize that like, it doesn't usually verbally come out as a thank you, or this is the difference you made. Um, so I think that's a good reminder to us that, um, you know, we're not living for pats on the back, but I think it's also a good reminder that maybe we need to go back and tell those people who made a difference in our lives that, Hey, you did make a difference. Um, and this is what you did. And so, uh, cause it goes back to just talking about what Truett said of needing encouragement, like, even those people who, you know, helped us grow and become who we are need encouragement and they need to be uh, reminded. And so, uh, yeah, so I, I think that's it. We just try to love people well. We try to care for them and, and help them develop in that way. And I think that can go a, a long, long ways. Well, uh, we, uh, we love talking with leaders. Uh, again, our, what we do here is we, we try to talk to small town leaders who are making big time impact from our per from our seat and we we see what you're doing there at chick-fil-a we see the leaders that are that you're developing and we have students at both of our campuses um, that have served and have have been a part of chick-fil-a either in madison huntsville or athens here with you 
and uh, we see the impact that you guys are making. Um, and so we en so enjoy getting to sit down with leaders, but uh, Andy John um, doesn't care as much about this part of the conversation. He only cares about the last few minutes. Well, that's um, fun. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, Andy John always uh, takes it away at the end to do some rapid-fire questions, so. Well, I want to ask this one question before we're going to do either-or questions today, but the, the first question I have is, what's your favorite thing on the menu? Oh, yeah. My favorite thing on the menu? I'm pretty basic. I like nuggets. That's probably my okay, favorite okay. thing. I'm, yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to go with Chick-fil-A sandwich, and I had to the, my backup question would be like outside the Chick-fil-A sandwich. But the nuggets are, yeah. The nuggets. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Popeyes or KFC? <laughs> that's good that's good good question you don't have to answer um, that I, I, just I, might go, I might i might go i'd probably just go with pie, pie, pie Gosh, pies, what know, a great that's an honest answer man yeah. I, if if i were you i'd have said chick-fil-a but i appreciate the the honesty <laughs> of your answer. Honesty. um uh facebook instagram or twitter uh probably facebook facebook uh chick-fil-a sauce or honey roasted barbecue mm, that's a they're very close uh Flavor profile, so I'd go with a honey roasted barbecue for the win. Really, honey roasted barbecue is good, man. I, yeah. I thought that was a softball. Like, yeah, no, I think it's good too. But I mean, Chick Fil A sauces. So that's uh, an interesting thing that uh, you know, I was talking about how operators come up with these things. As an operator, I think he's in North Carolina, invented Chick Fil A sauce, and he started it back in the '80s when they first started doing nuggets, and we didn't have sauces. And so he started mixing things that he had in the store to make this sauce, and. Uh, and, man, I mean, it took, you know, 25 years or whatever for Chick-fil-A yeah. to go, hey, maybe we should package that. And so yeah. they decided to call it Chick-fil-A sauce. And so, Very yeah, creative. It's real, it's, yeah, I know. Imagine, I wonder where they now come they up with sell, that name. Sell it by the bottle. Like, you can get it yeah, Publix yeah. and Walmart, right? Yeah, yeah. Sure. that's right. Um, outer space or bottom of the sea? <laughs> wow, that's interesting. I don't, even, so weird, I don't know. Like, they, uh, I'm a little bit afraid of both, if I were to be honest. I guess yeah. I'd go with outer space, but there's a lot of uh, – you know, which one, which one are you going on that one, Heath? Uh, so, yeah, it's probably outer space for me, too. So, I was kind of yeah. like, a, I went through like a space nerd moment as a kid. So, there's still a love for, for the planets. It was in the there. movie Space Camp for you, wasn't it? It may have been. Um, so have you ever seen Space Camp, the movie? Wait a second. Are you too young? Maybe I haven't. You're too young. I've seen it. It's great. We used to watch it when we were kids. Um, it's pretty, I mean, it's family we'll friendly from that. what I remember. I had a friend I, that was it. I had a friend that went to space camp. I think it's family friendly, but sometimes there are things that I thought were family friendly that's that I watched as an adult, and I'm Dude, like, "Ooh, wow! I point. did not you realize remember, what that." What was the uh, the fat camp movie? Do you remember what that one? Uh, what was that one called? It's it called, may it have been called, called that, fat, but it's got it's no. been Ben Stiller. Yeah, where they go kidnap these was a kids great and stuff. Movie. So yes. that was one of those that me and my wife had watched as a kid. And so when I was his first student pastor, I was 20, you know, 21, 22 years old. I was like, we're having a movie night. Showed it. And we showed it. The first cuss word drops <laughs> on the screen. I went, oh, no. Yeah. So I was like, shut it down. Shut it down. I, here I, I am saying that's a great movie. I do remember that yeah. being a good one. Yeah, it, it was one times. of those, like, you know, had like two cuss words in it or something. So I was called my pastor that night. It was like 930. I was like. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Kevin. Like, I, I don't, I'm gonna, you fire me if you need to. You know, he's like, Heath, it's fine, man. Like, we'll just deal with it. So. Uh, I'd go bottom of the sea on that one. Really? I just think there'd be a lot of cool stuff to find, maybe. I don't know. I'm, um, watching, I'm watching Space Camp this week. Yeah. That, and the other one, whatever the name of it is. <laughs> Fat Camp seems insensitive. It probably wasn't Fat Camp. I'll be honest. I don't know what it was. Okay. Um, reading a book or seeing a movie? Heavyweights. Heavyweights. Heavy there it is. Heavy Did you 19, Google it? 1995. Yeah. There you go. Keep going. Man, 95. All right. Reading a book or seeing a movie called Heavyweights? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'm, uh, I, 
I like to read books. I read a lot of books, but I, I'd probably go with seeing a movie. So it's just yeah. kind of relaxing. Movies are so different now because they got all those seats that lay back. It's good stuff. It's almost too much, though. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they've they've gone to there. they've gone to past the second mile. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I don't need to be that comfortable watching a movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, all right. Uh, big party or small gathering? Small gathering for sure. Right. Week of summer, week of winter. Summer, no doubt. Uh, really terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not made for the cold. The uh, board games or videos? Uh, I'm sorry, video games. Board games or, <laughs> or VHS video? <laughs> video games. Yeah, I, I think uh, 10, 15 years ago, I said video games. I just find that I'm not as good at them as I used to be. Okay. So I have it's to go. really to, fast-paced. Yeah, I have to go to board <laughs> games to be able to keep up and actually have a chance to win. So. That's right. Speaking of, uh, like, the youth group stuff, when I was doing student ministry, I remember we had, like, a D-Now weekend. And all of my buddies at the time, because I was probably just out of college, we played Halo oh, yeah. all the time, the original Halo. which Original was, or two? The original, one or well, one oh. and two. Okay, yeah. but it was fantastic, and oh, yeah. and we we played enough to where we were like, oh, I can hold my own. You know what I mean? Like I can go to a student, you know, D now whatever, and play Halo with these kids. This kid, like I would spawn or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and be dead within three seconds, and have no idea how he was doing it or yeah. where he was coming from. Yeah, and now just kind of was like, well, I'm not playing with you anymore. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what happened with my son. Oh, I used yeah. to like just beat him like a drum in sports games or something along those lines and then i was like this isn't even funny more i have no chance at winning yeah no it'll, chance. it'll make you want to throw the controller <laughs> that's right uh, favorite video game ever you have a favorite video game of all time oh man i mean i'm ncaa football is my favorite of all yeah, time Yeah, so uh, give me three I'll give me three uh first off i would say super mario brothers three mm, three is very wild. specific yeah. uh GoldenEye 007. Oh, that, that's what that I was, was going to say a minute ago when he was talking about Halo. I was like, in college, we played a uh, guy oh, across the hall had 007, man. Dude, we yeah. played that for hours on end. Proximity so, Mines. That was always my favorite. Proximity Mines. Uh, sure. uh, it was really fun to remote mines, too, because you'd be screen looking oh, and waiting yeah, for that guy right. to go by the ding and yeah. hit the... Uh, um, in football, we call that a play looker. You're a play looker. <laughs> we did. Uh, so my third one would, would be, I, w- I think, would have to be NCAA football. Yeah. Um, any like 2004, five, three, four, and five were my. That was the ones I played the most. But uh, you know they just released 007 for the Nintendo Switch on the, uh, and I I pulled it up to play it and I was like, wow, those graphics and those controls, a little different, pretty hard. Yeah. Like it's it's uh, it's painful to play. So. How, how old are you, Matthew? It's a personal question. I'm, just <laughs> I'm, I'm 46. Okay, 46. I'm 40, and Heath, you're I'm 36. Yeah, so some of the video games that we probably would have liked to would have been some of the, like, original Mario or um, one of the most fun I remember playing video games was we played Duck Hunt. Uh, There was, like, a group of ten guys, and we were all going to hang out one night, and we were in, like, this guy's apartment. Duck Hunt. And before we all left, we are all sitting there playing Duck Hunt, and we're trying, you know, the thing where the dog laughs at you, Uh you know. And and, and you always shoot him. Yeah, you can't ever shoot the dog, and then you get around people like, no, you can shoot the dog, and I'm pretty sure you can't. You know, and then there's a uh, the, the is it the the clay shoot uh, the throwing clay, clay? Yeah. and uh, we we were all trying to see who could shoot it right before it went off into the, like the background oh, yeah. and if anybody would hit points. it we were all go crazy that was a lot of fun I don't know why I mentioned that it was a, a random times. memory it was good, good times. times exactly right <laughs> duck hunt baby you got any more there that's it that was it all, all right. out I can't believe you answered the Popeyes or uh, KFC that was a great great answer yeah, yeah that's cool man of integrity. 
<laughs> Honest answers. Uh, well, Matthew, we appreciate you coming in and uh, sitting down with us and just talking leadership and, and letting us kind of behind the curtain of what you what you guys are doing out there at Chick Fil A and, and what God's shown you through your leadership and and I know those are listening. Um, I just hope that that you guys have been taking notes like me and Andy John have and um, just think through what God's showing you through this conversation and uh, um, it was it was a lot of fun. It was good. Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks for Enjoyed inviting it. me. I appreciate it. It was. Yeah. I really enjoyed Thank it. You. Yeah. We'll see you well, soon, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> it was, hey, uh, supper time. Yeah, um, sure. But, uh, but until next week, keep leading. Thanks for listening to the Bottom Shelf Leadership Podcast, a ministry of Lindsay Lane Baptist Church. For more information on our church and all three of our locations, you can check us out at lindsaylane.org.